Hi, I'm Sean Morgan of QAnonFAQ.com, and this is Over the Horizon with Jim Cutler. In this show, I interview Jim about the Great Awakening as he lives aboard his sailboat in a global journey of discovery. To subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, go to OverTheHorizon.tv. Hi, I'm Jim Cutler, and this is Over the Horizon. In 2016, when Donald Trump was elected, a lot of Democrats were very concerned, some were appalled, that he actually won the election. And many of them even went so far as to say that he was not their president. But during that campaign, a lot happened and a lot was revealed. And um, sources like WikiLeaks, even the mainstream press, social media, all started publishing and talking about things that were going on in the Democratic Party in the Hillary Clinton campaign and in other aspects of uh, the, the Democratic National Committee. That information was very disturbing. And a lot of Democrats listened to that, took it all in, and started deciding that things had gone really wrong in the Democratic Party and started leaving. That movement was called Walk Away. Joining me today is Tammy Batista. She's a school teacher, a mother of four, and a lifelong Democrat who left the Democratic Party herself in March of 2020. Tammy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jim. So glad to be here. So you wrote a letter that was published on Twitter. I believe this was a blog on your blog post. And um, uh, it was a long letter um, and very eloquent letter. So I would like you to talk a little bit about what your past was as a Democrat and what led to the moment where you decided to write that letter. Okay. Well, I grew up, my husband and I grew up in um, very Democratic families, um, union. My dad was a tool and die for Chrysler. Um, his father was uh, in the schools and uh, custodian for Detroit Public Schools. Um, we just grew up. We were union supporters. I remember my dad going on strike and you know picket lines. My husband then became a millwright a few years after we got married. So, and me and the teachers union. I was a teacher. I just retired in uh, last June, um, but obviously in the union for about thirty-one years. Um, so it was just not something I questioned, but I, I admit I should have. It was just, it, we voted Democratic. It, it was, we campaigned for Obama. Um, when Obama won, I, uh, most of my students were primarily African-American. We celebrated for days. It was just, you know, the biggest party ever. My kids right. just we cried, we rejoiced, we hugged. Oh my gosh, we could become president. It was just such a beautiful thing, you know? Mm, absolutely. And, um, and, and I just assumed he, he had such a strong presidential presence and I just felt he was doing good. And, you know, in, in my defense, although I should not be defending this, I was busy mom, four kids, you know, my kids at the time, probably all teenagers, four kids, teenagers, I'm working full time. My husband's in and out of town. So I just trusted MSNBC, CNN, the mainstream media, that they were telling me the truth. And um, 
And then fast forward 2017, um, my husband died unexpectedly. And that just threw, our plans were I was going to work one more year. I'd have uh, 31 years in and retire and maybe work for him a little bit. Um, and it just threw me into, you know, chaos. How, how am I going to get at that point? All four of my imagine. kids were in college. Yeah. yeah. And it was, he was 53 years old, not expected. Um, so it's, you know, I, I kind of went with the flow, tried, I started writing just event and, and get myself through it. Um, well, maybe six months later, it was just dark night of the soul. I couldn't function. I, I, you know, my friends, some of my friends, well, you know, don't be too uh, proud to go get therapy and go on prescription drugs to get you through this point. I just knew it was not for me. I was never that person to put my kid on a pill or I didn't, you know, I had a sense that certain things were not, you know, for us, not, you know, not, I'm not putting down any medications and, and well, maybe I am, but um. Well, it was, it was a personal decision. Yeah. It was a personal decision. And I sought out more alternative healers in the area. Um, uh, I even went to, I started going to psychics. I just wanted somebody to tell me my life's going to be okay. And maybe right. I'll meet a man and pay all my bills and, you know, take care, you know, my mortgage or whatever. And I, and I just kept hearing healer, healer, healer. No, I'm a teacher. No, you're a healer. And, and finally, a few just said, well, why don't you take a Reiki class? Why don't you... So I got involved in Reiki and um, and my one Reiki master did the crystal bowl meditation and something about that, that Reiki attunement and the sound therapy just cleared me incredibly. I could finally meditate after that. Um, my in intuition that I had strongly when I was a child um, came back. You know, I shut it down when I was a kid because it was more, it was just too scary um, but that all came back in a good way. And, and I could trust, you know, I called them the tingles, you know, if mm. I, if I, uh, was looking at the book and, uh, or a book online and I got the tingles up, oh, I'm supposed to buy that. If, if I was looking at a list of events and I got the tingles, Oh, I'm supposed to go to that. And I felt that was my yes. And it was leading me in different directions. Yeah. And then finally it led me to retire and, um, get into the holistic practice. So, um, but it was back to the different, different drugs. Um, I was suspect about my husband taking those statins. He was on cholesterol meds for years and it, and it really bothered me because his grandmother was 90 years old, lived in Kentucky when she was first diagnosed with high cholesterol, 90. So yeah, right. she lived till 90 with no meds. Um, and then she lived four more years with the meds. But, and here's my husband at 53, you know, 53 dying. years old. 53. Wow. And I had to pay for an autopsy. He passed away in Brooklyn. He was on business. Um, and, uh, and the autopsy, his heart, all his muscles were inflamed. So I, that led me, I, I was, you know, yep. I, that I researched and researched and I did find some stuff about, you know, he should have been taking CoQ10 to help, um, but he was never told that for 20 years. His doctor never told that, but your muscles need the CoQ10, and I guess the statins prevent Right, CoQ10 is like a supplement that um, many people right. take over, for... Over-the-counter, yeah. Right. And, mm -hmm. and 
apparently that could have saved his life. I don't, I don't know, but, um, but fast forward to, I believe it's March, I want to say 19th. Um, and I was telling you earlier in my house, if the TV's on, it's my grandson watching the Disney channel or some cartoon right, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, <clears throat> I'm sure it's divine timing. There's the president speaking. And, um, so this was one of the task force meetings that were was going on at the no. time. Yeah, yeah. Corona um, was going and he was talking about that. And uh, um, I heard him mention hydroxychloroquine. And I, mm-hmm. it just, I felt like my head was turned to that TV. I'm like, and I just got a light around that, that, you know, it was, it's hard to explain. Um, and intuitively I knew that was a good thing. And then I saw the look look on um dr fauci was standing next to him and i'm like uh i'm not getting truth behind his look because he gave trump the strangest look like oh my gosh i can't believe he said that and so that just let i had to start investigating so right Right. then you know i i started looking up uh um you know of course the drug and um found out it had been safely prescribed i want to say 40 or 50 years but yeah, obviously 60 not years for, actually yeah. yeah okay not not for that particular but it's been a safe drug and I, I i play pickleball and i have two friends that are on it for two different one is on it for um i think lupus and the other one for um arthritis She's, they've and, and this predated all this controversy so these friends of yours were taking it a while ago before the coronavirus hit. right Right. right. Okay. But yeah. I had never, I had never heard of it. This came out right. in the conversation after when, when I yes. was researching and, and so researching that drug, you know, led to Fauci and his research and a lot of stuff about Bill Gates. And it just, you know, I went through the, what they call the rabbit hole where it got right. really, yeah. really so, so would you call that moment when you, with the subject is hydroxychloroquine, would you have called that, you know, kind of a seminal moment when here was a thing that clearly delineated truth from fiction, mm-hmm. where you knew it to be one thing, and yet the doctors, you know, Dr. Fauci in particular, was saying, you know, and reacting very differently, and, and yet Trump was supporting it. So there was this sense, you were sensing the dichotomy in what you were seeing in that task force around this, this one jug. So that made it exactly. that made it really stand out to you, right? Exactly, yeah. and and the whole country went on to make fun of him, and and I, but I just knew because I had been doing this, the you know the practice, the my Reiki healing, you know, working with clients, it just you know helped my yep. intuition and, and me- more meditating. I meditate right. Most of the day. And you also I, did the research on the hydroxychloroquine itself. And that mm-hmm. research really, would you say that was the thing that really made it clear to you that this was a good drug? I mean, you had your intuitions, of course. Mm-hmm. But once right. you did the research, that that put a mm-hmm. foundation under that, did it not? Where yeah. at that point, and you could talk about it fairly right. um, accurately uh, to and others. The, and that was, that was leading to other doctors that were trying to prescribe it. And for some reason they were being prevented. I think it was Texas. They were not even allowed to prescribe or the pharmacists were. So all this stuff wasn't adding up. And then I would find 
a video, try to send it to my friend because, you know, she was going through her own research of child trafficking and stuff. So we were comparing stuff and she couldn't open it. Like, what do you mean you can't open it? I just watched it. So, and that, you know, to me, it's like, they don't want us to see this. Why? You know, and the pandemic thing came up. Yep, exactly. uh, Uh, Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And so it's why are we suppressing information? I mean, there's a lot out there that's not true. How about you leave it to us to trust and and it just led from one thing to another. And and, so again, here's another example where um, you are trying to get uh, useful information. and And as you're going along, you're getting better and better at discerning what is useful what is truthful and what is not useful or what is false. And you're not being allowed to exercise your own sense of discernment in this very important informational learning process that you're engaging in. And, exactly. and so that, that was another, would you call that another um, sort of red flag, if you will? Oh, big time, big yeah. time. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the money trails were huge. And so when you see, you know, all this money connected with this research, which happens to all be in Wuhan, where this whole virus started, it's like, you know, what, what was that saying? Too many, too many um, coincidences becomes right. mathematically impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I taught, um, you know, math for many, many years. So it's, it's you know, things were connecting too much and it just became where okay it, it, this is true and and it was funny early on no nah, maybe two weeks into it um my son came over my 22 year old son and uh and I was telling him about the drug and and then like you know it's it, tell me why because I knew my son had gone from democrat to you know started supporting Trump way back I believe he did vote for him in uh 2016 and um so we, we just would, let's agree to disagree and not talk about it. And, you know, real good mom. So, so he's like, well, mom, why don't you look up these two things? And he's the one that he's like, look up Q. And I, I hadn't even seen anything about Q. Q and then adrenochrome. So, um, but in that, that just gets super ugly. And that, and that's where my friend D's research connected with mine because uh-huh. she was in the human trafficking kind of stuff. And, she was getting dreams. She's very intuitive too about um, children, trapped children constantly. And she would, we would always compare these different, yep. different sensations yep. we would get. Um, but uh, yeah. So, so, so I want to ask you, you were very much born and bred a Democrat and you were very steeped in Democrat traditions and politics. You know, you, I would imagine uh, your family were uh, big JFK supporters and um, that sort of thing. I, I was born the day, the year he was assassinated. So I yes, was, I was right. a baby, but I remember my parents mm-hmm. talking about it all the time. And, all yeah, the time, I was, right. I was born in 63. So, so these are very strong traditions. And yet you went through a process that, allowed you to break free of all the things that went into you, you know, your schooling, your, your, uh, your parents, um, you know, nurturing, uh, and all these things um, to, to, you know, put those things into perspective, 
And it, would you say, um, like, like how does that affect your looking back? I mean, that was an important tradition for you and for your family. So do you disavow your democratic heritage or do you have a different perspective on what you have you know gone through and what and the things you're able to pull from those traditions i don't i don't disavow what what drew me is that or at least this is what i thought the democrats were all about the working people and supporting and my dad passed when i was um 17 and I never even planned on going to college. We had no money. My mother had to go start working a minimum wage job in a, in a hospital. Um, you know, I had to quit all my sports and start because it, it, you know, a few years before that, this, it, my dad was uh, declining. He was an addict. And um, so it was when I turned 18, I was sent a letter and, oh, you can, I think Reagan was president then, you can collect Social Security if you go to college. And, for you know, community college back then was like $18 <laughs> a credit hour. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, this is cool. I can go to college and get $400 a month. And and so the Democrats had a lot of, you know, I think the grant money that allowed me and I credit them if it was not for them because then Reagan slashed that whole thing after I was in college a year and a half and then there was nothing, but then it, right. you know, I, I worked it out. I, um, you know, it took me a long time to graduate, but, um, I went from, Oh, I'll just take some art classes to, yeah, I want to be a teacher and teach math and English. Mm-hmm. And, and so nice. I credit the Democrats for all these programs that helped the working right. people and gave my mom social security checks to, so we can get more food because she was not going to support us on, I think minimum wage was, three dollars and something you know i was the oldest of three my you know we were like 14 15 17 so 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 uh, now in this new place you're in you're able to draw from the old and the new you you have these very good positive um um memories of being a democrat and Mm -hmm. you're still it's not like um, you're not a Democrat. You still hold on to those ideals, which are still good ideals to hold on to. But now you just have this um, greater dynamic to your thinking. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it, it's, um, you know, I, I get angry because it's it's not just the Democrats, too. In the research, it's it's shown there's, you know, many, many Republicans and that have their horrible agendas. Um, so it's not just the Democrats. So, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, would you say it, it is it even a, a party thing? Is it really a Democrat Republican thing or is it something else? No. Well, I think I it just led me to it's it's President Trump. He is, you know, I, I, I feel if there was another Republican that won, um, I don't think we would be much better off. You know, I, I think it's him and his, his, right. his. So it's the person, it's, yes. it's, it's the yes. person, not the party is what you're right. saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, because I he had been a Democrat at one point too. That's it, right. It was, yes, he know, was. <laughs> and strength and determination, and and that 
And I believe he's got this just amazing team that's going to get stuff done. It's just the thing with him, it was his personality. He didn't have that presidential Obama, just we felt safe and loving. It's, it's, and I even the more I think about it, my husband could be, he can be a tough, tough, I can swear. He was a boss. He was a millwright and then ended up running big, big jobs for mostly GM and uh, contracting jobs. Um, and most of his employees did not like him, especially the beginning. He was, he was tough. He was mean. He was, you know, they talked about him behind his back, but they grew to respect him and love him, but he did not sugarcoat anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, I think that's Trump's personality is like, he's, yeah, he's a mean dad, but he's got our best interests. He knows and he can't tell the entire plan because, you know, it's, it's, it's all this. It's like, you know, that, that term tough love, you know, he, he recognizes that, you know, he's got to be tough, you know, the way he talks to the mainstream media, um, a lot of people like that because they too feel like there's a lot of chicanery that goes on and they're glad that finally somebody is calling them out on it. Um, so what would you say, how would you talk to um, people you know, friends you know, and I'm going to keep it more to friends than family because family has you know more dynamics, mm-hmm. but to your friends who are Democrats that haven't gone through the process that you've gone through, how would you, um, what would you say to them? How would you talk to them about um, what you've gone through and how um, they might go through that at some point or not? I'm struggling with that. I'm really struggling. I, I have a neighbor. She also just lost her husband and we bonded. We've been on several vacations together. Um, and we both supported the Democrats. And, and so she's having a super tough time with this. And my teacher friends, too, they're, I can tell I was with one of them yesterday. And she just kept, you know, pelting me with questions. Well, what made you do this? Where, what's your research? How do you know that's true? And it's just, you know, I thought the more I was speaking, the more she was looking at me like, okay, she's really lost it. And because I couldn't give her any site one specific you know article that i read or youtube uh video that i watched and and i just kept saying it's got to come from within it's it's you know and i I, so we can agree to disagree maybe you know maybe i am wrong kelly we're not saying that but we'll see time will tell but right now um, I, that's something I'm looking for now because yeah. I did not, my letter, I, I wrote it, I think two weeks ago today, I wrote it May, May 19th. Yeah. Cause it was exactly two weeks or, or two months from the time I, I saw Trump on TV till the time I, I, and it was after talking to my son and, uh, I just kept saying that for a few days. I'm like, I need to write an apology letter. And I used to, you know, whenever, especially my boys, like two boys and two girls, and my boys were just, you know, they can get into some boy trouble. You're going to write a letter of apology to your teacher. You're going to write a letter of apology. I'm like, I need to apologize. I was mean. I was mean. I was that person, probably trashing it. I don't think I trashed them so much online just because I would be triggered so much 
when we were called the, you know, libtards and snowflakes and all that and quit you crying and I was crying. And, you know, so I tried not to do it online, but, but with my friends, yeah. Did you see what he said and and all this? So, so would you say that that came totally from you? You know, that, that the meanness and not from any outside influence? Oh, no, it's totally from um, the mainstream media. I mean, I was, I had MSNBC, especially when, if it was an election year, my husband and I would have it on whenever we were home. It was 20 CNN to MSNBC. And we were taping the other one if we, you know, if we were watching one and, you know, if Anderson Cooper was on the same time as, uh, I forget. Who, Rachel you know, Maddow or NBC. Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. Or, you oh, know. Right. We were taking <laughs> them all and, and going back and, yeah. yeah, watching them all. So there was no, and that's all we heard is, you know, I do, um, a few of my relatives would watch Fox News and that was like, oh, can't watch Fox News. And, you know, and, and I just didn't give them the chance it, it I just felt right. that uh, well that was easy wasn't it truth. you know right because it's like yeah. kind of like well majority almost everything you watch on tv would would you know sure. say what I thought was the truth and and right. it was not and and when I project mockingbird researching that was huge mm, for me and yeah. that I'm like because I trusted I Anderson Cooper was channel one if you remember they they back in the 90s they gave Every uh, classroom a TV. We never had TVs. Right. Oh, now I remember. Yes, I do remember that. Channel one in the classroom. Channel one. Yes. And Cooper was one of the first newscasters on there. And I'm like, well, how are they paying for this? Well, you have to watch a Snickers commercial or something. That's what paying for this, you know. So I want to just stop you there and just uh, quickly, I just want to remind the audience that Operation Mockingbird it was a CIA program. This was back in the 60s and 70s. And there was a very big um, uh, House and Senate hearings um, in those days. And there was a uh, senator, his name was Frank Church, who chaired those hearings. And there was all this testimony about the CIA and about the programs they were engaged in. One of those uh, hearings was on a program that the CIA instituted called Project Mockingbird. And this program, and this is all in the public record, you can go to the congressional record, you can read all this stuff. Operation Mockingbird was the CIA working with media. This could be print media, could be television, radio, you name it. And they would bring CIA officers and get and bring them into these organizations at whatever level uh, made sense. And then they would stay there, still undercover as CIA operatives, but they would rise up in the organization and they would get on the editorial boards and things like that. Again, this is a very real program. And this isn't you know, conspiracy theory. These are factual programs that are clearly not only admitted to by the CIA, but are clearly uh, documented in congressional records and historical records. So anyway, just wanted to just take that segue to make sure people understood. Because sometimes when they hear these terms, um, it gets lost in the in the sauce, so to speak. So Right, right. Yeah, that, that was huge to me. That was huge. And that explained, you know, why he... To me, sometimes sounded like a lunatic. Fake news, fake news. Well, that totally researching that and getting the actual documents, like you said, um, it proved. And, and then they have those 
those videos of, of, you know, the, the screen almost looks like a giant zoom where every single newscaster is saying verbatim, the same word, you know, same, same uh, script. So that was powerful. So yeah, yeah, when I, when I had that little conversation with my son, I just started, I'm like, I just feel so bad. It just rocked my world. I thought I had my big awakening, you know, I had my spiritual awakening and, but this was definitely a political and more of a spiritual awakening too, that I had been wrong. So what would you say to, um, knowing how you felt when you went through this process and that you felt you had to atone for, you know, your transgressions with regard to, you know, not only not supporting Trump, but actually dissing him uh, to friends and family. How would you help a a Democrat um, who might be going through that same process? Uh, Do you feel like that is an important part of the process or is there a forgiveness factor that might play a role in there? Um, self-forgiveness. I I think committing to, yeah, to atone for your wrongs. I knew I needed to, to atone for that. Um, through, and, and I'm, I was just using my, I don't know if you want to call it a gift. I've always considered myself a writer. I've never actually published anything, but I just loved writing. And, and, you know, I figure I, you know, with the business I was getting a little bit of a following social media and, uh, but I really didn't, I struggled with, I I wrote the letter, sent it to him. I I emailed it, got on the white house site. Um, and that's when my son said, well, why don't you send it to one of those Q sites? Or, or I think, I think he first said, well, post it. And I just, I was not ready to out myself to my whole family. And I'm like, Ugh, I, I just didn't want the flack. I didn't want the, to have to defend myself right now. Because again, if you would have told me any of this three months ago, four months ago, I just would have, yeah, whatever. It, it had to come from within me. It, it was the right timing. I think you know, I'm a big believer in everything happens in divine timing. There was a reason for this. So, but when my son said, well, why don't you post it on one of these Q sites? And he showed me, you know, he told me, Phew, there's lots of them on Facebook. So, okay. So it was that Tuesday night, May 19th, I put it on uh, a few Q sites. I, I wasn't even on Twitter. I had a Twitter account. I didn't even know how to use it. So, um, so I put it on a few and then, uh, it's just, it grew and grew. And my kids, you oh, know, yes. mom, <laughs> you know, within two days, it, it was my kids would text mom. It's because if you go to my website, it says how many views under the letter. So they're, yep. you know, my four different kids, they were just getting so it, into it and tickled to death. And uh, <laughs> um, mom, it's up to, you know, 30,000, 40,000, you know, so it, it was, it just blew up. I, I, Never understood. Well, I mean, I can tell you that um, it, it's very rare to see that kind of heartfelt um, openness when it comes to this topic. Mm-hmm. It, it's very hard for people. And I don't think this is a Democrat or Republican thing. This is a human thing right. where you get to a point and you realize you were wrong. And, and, it, and the time you've been wrong might have been very long. And the longer that time period is, the worse you feel about it. And mm-hmm. so, 
but you you exercised that pain and guilt by writing mm-hmm. and and that worked for you doesn't it work for everybody but it worked for you and, and not only it worked for you but it gave everybody who's read that letter an opportunity to think about what you went through and what others may be going through with regard to this topic so in in that sense you know it it happened the way it happened but the power within what it is was much bigger than anybody could have imagined Mm -hmm. Um, another question i have for you tammy is the word curiosity what role do you think curiosity played in your evolution in all of this um I, well everything everything i i you know just combining that with my intuition getting that same feeling for you know a certain drug i, I wrote in my letter about certain things that my mom was taking for osteoporosis and i'm like mom for some reason i know it's bad i know it's bad do some research do and she kept taking it and she would break another bone have another surgery um, so I got that same exact sensation when hearing that. So I, I had to, I just could not let that fly because people were dying. People were, you know, so scared where, you know, I just spent a week with my neighbor. We went to Florida, we came home March 17th and it was, a you know, I went to her house the next day and she's like, no, no, you know, I can tell she, yeah. she was uncomfortable having me in the house and, and it's, it's it was a, it's a scary thing watching all these people pass and and you know seeing TV the stats going up and uh, right, um, right. them closing the schools even and you know they never closed the schools for my school anyway right. yeah it was I know snow days. all of this was unprecedented right. so would you say that that your sense of curiosity overcame any fears you had of how you would be looked at or how you would be treated. I mean, everybody's afraid of being ostracized, yet you overcame that. Well, and the fact that this was going to save lives, I knew in my heart this drug was going to save lives and that ventilators were not so much. Maybe some people, but I, you know, seen on TV and hearing different, um, you know, people I don't have anyone really close to me that that had it there was some someone that had it um I knew that ventilators weren't the only answer maybe would help but I don't know just hearing little blurbs from nurses and doctors and and then their videos would be banned from YouTube like okay I gotta keep going I I know this drug and I just kept researching that drug and then there were doctors coming out and saying just just do it and you know, even start taking you can the 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 tonic water. I, I even ordered right. the drops. The, <laughs> yeah. the I don't even know how to say it. Q U I N A off of, yeah. off of um, from the uh, comes from a bark of a tree or something in uh, South America. But um, yeah, I ordered a bunch in case because my mother has a lung condition. If she were to to get this, there you go. Yeah, you know, she would struggle. So I wanted something in reserve in case I didn't sure. know if if. Um, if the governor Whit- Whitmer, as she was going to give doctors flack for, because I kept telling. Well, her, I mean, like, and we I had um, we had a pharmacist from Michigan uh, on the show, 
And uh, we got quite a bit of information from her about the struggles that she's having with the licensing board uh, and other state agencies. So this is the problem, not just in Texas, but um, any every state where there's an oppositional governor um, who is you know in opposition to Trump, and they're they're just you know. Uh, really making this whole hydro, hydroxychloroquine uh, prescribing thing very difficult. Um, Tammy, we're, we're um, just about out of time, so I just wanted to give you a chance to um, tie this up and say to people what you feel would be, um, you know, the closing point here. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I get beautiful messages from all around the country. It's just been amazing. The last time my kids checked, it was 930,000 people had read the letter. Um, But a lot of people are asking me, you know, what are my sources and demanding my sources. And like I've said a few times, you could not have given me any source, you know, months ago. I feel like I had to come to it on my own. I had to discover, you know, I probably would have ripped apart even if it was true source, I probably would have said, oh, how do you know this isn't fake? Or um, I just think you have to go within your own heart. And if something just doesn't make sense, you do the research. And it, it is tough. I mean, they're making it there. My letter was taken down several times. That's another, you know, I got yeah. a lot of messages. How do I read your number? I can't open it or your letter. I can't open it on, uh, on uh, Facebook. So I you have to send them my web, website link. Um, so yeah, they're even taking down a, an apology letter to the president, you know, but I, because I had that drug in there. Um, yeah. it's, and, and question things. Why don't they want us to hear this? Right. There's enough trash and garbage on, on, on uh, you know, social media and YouTube, the, the stuff that probably sh- would, you know, should be taken down, but freedom of speech. Let us mm-hmm. use our own discernment and come to, um, the truth that it is right. for us, but I'm just, I'm not going to be that person that's going to go to my friends and try to convince them. And if they right. come to me and ask, you know, I tell them my story and if they choose to believe me or not, it's, it's your choice. I'm not getting, you know, arguing and it's, it's, you know, I, I go back to praying. It's like, let's pray that, that it's coming from my heart and I'll pray for the whole world. We, we, in my center, we do a lot of meditations where it's, you know, Monday morning manifestation. We're going to manifest for the yeah. entire, our community, our, our whole planet and send love and light and people. Well, will... you, you certainly um, bring a lot of, of your heart and authenticity to the work you're doing in this. And, and I know there's a lot of people who appreciate that. Oh, Tammy, I want to thank you very much. I know this is a, a, a fairly big event in your life. And uh, we all appreciate your coming on the show and telling your story. Well, thank you for reaching out, Jim. This was wonderful. Yeah. All right. Take care. So, you too. Bye. Calm CBD Roll-On from Nature's Ultra is infused with powerful young living essential oils like lavender, frankincense, and eucalyptus. This unique blend creates a peaceful environment to help relax and quiet your mind. This is the perfect roll-on for when you're trying to wind down for the night because it helps support a soothing, restful night's sleep. Learn more at naturesultra.com. 
Hi, it's Sean Morgan here. As you know, I'm not a doctor and I don't give medical advice, but I wanted to talk to you about a revolution in the health industry, and that's CBD. It's touted to help almost everything. Um, I don't make any claims about it treating any diseases, but uh, I will give you a link for Harvard Medical. You can check out and do your own research. But CBD is short for cannabinoidiol or something like that. I can't really pronounce it. But it's basically a plant-based compound found in hemp. And a common misconception is that it will get you high, but it doesn't have THC, so it's not going to do that. And from what I've researched, it seems to be federally legal in the US, and it should be in every state, but you can double check to make sure in your state. But it affects the endocannabinoid system. And this is a regulatory system with powerful effects on the hormones, nerves, digestion, pain, stress, and the brain. And researchers are really calling this system the great regulator and, and the new frontier of, of plant-based medicine. And so it's really exciting. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about Nature's Ultra, which is owned by Young Living Essential Oils. They get their CBD from high-altitude farms in Colorado. And th they don't have to use pesticides because they're in high altitude. And they rigorously test their products to make sure they don't have any heavy metals. Because nowadays, you really you can get CBD almost everywhere. You probably see it in your grocery store and your pharmacy and 7-Eleven. But the problem is that the cheaper it is in cost, usually that means it has more heavy metals in it. So you don't want to just buy some random CBD. That's why I want to talk to you about the Young Living Essential Oils and the Nature's Ultra CBD. Uh, so if you want to learn more about it, go to youngliving.family slash CBD. If you just want to experience maybe the, the healing power of CBD and essential oils, or you're, you're interested in selling CBD like me as an independent distributor, um, you can learn more about that there. Now, they have an unconditional money-back guarantee, which is really cool. So they really stand by their product. And if you have any troubles on the site, you can just contact me uh, through that page, and I'll help you. This is for Americans only, uh, but just check out the site. Go to youngliving.family CBD, and you can learn all about CBD, watch the videos, read the Harvard Medical article, and let me know what you think. If you would like to be a sponsor of my channel and reach 30,000 intelligent, patriotic, and selfless viewers every day, just email me at qanonfaq.com.